Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 37 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And this minute's going to start out with Queen Hippolyta... Uh, still clasping onto Yuboa's hands as she uh, passes away underneath that horse. And the minute is going to end with a glorious part two title card. Yeah, this is it. We just finished part one. We just part- finished part one. We finished an ep- uh, a, pr- a prologue mm-hmm. and a part one. Yeah, we finished a prologue, which was six minutes, I think. Six minutes, and then we had 30 minutes of part one. And part one, what did we talk about? We talked about Batman finding the Aquaman, Wonder Woman saving the innocents from the old Bailey, and then mm-hmm. now we have Queen Apollota losing the mother box to Steppenwolf and being defeated. A lot has happened. You know, Mark, I got to tell you something. I love, I love, love, love a good defeated hero story. Yeah, Especially, like, it's not, like, the ending. Or do you like it if it ends on... You're saying, like, a whole story ends in tragedy? Or you're just saying, like... Well, yes. Yeah. But that's the Shakespeare of me thinking about that. Yeah, I really do enjoy... um, Hey, you know what? I enjoy tragedy. And guess what? I also enjoy comedy. The theater. I do. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, I do really enjoy... um, just a hero struggle story. I mean, I, mm-hmm. we talk about it so often, um, and that is one of the re- main reasons why I am so very drawn to uh, this version of Superman, mm-hmm. um, because it's exactly what it is. But uh, even, you know, Empire Strikes Back, y- you got that. You got Rogue One. Just like the, the, the defeated heroes storyline, where I know that even though these heroes were defeated, things are still happening. Like, the day is still going to go on. And that is so absolutely crushing that I just, like, need to... <laughs> I need to read and I need to get those stories uh, in me, you know? It's it's just... I, I like it. I like the failure. The triumph, absolutely. If you have that of, as, you know, another part, that's got to be great, too, because we saw the failure. But uh, yeah. it feels like... So much thought and effort is put into a hero's failure um, that you can't just have it like they're they're a hero for a reason. You can't just have someone throw a big punch and be like, ah, snap. Well, that's it. You know, there's got to be there's got to be more. There's got to be a lot more sustenance to it. We just saw this incredible battle that happened on Themyscira, this 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 mind blowing chase, this massive alien stopping at nothing to get this mother box and he gets it, and there's absolutely nothing uh, the Amazons could do, and there's absolutely nothing me as a viewer can do. Like, I'm just supposed to sit and watch the failure. That, that's what I like a lot. <laughs> I like yeah. the trauma. I need, to, I need to experience the trauma of others to off-balance my own. Yeah, and it's also impressive knowing that, that the Amazons, they literally did everything they could. It wasn't like it easily happened like they threw everything including the kitchen sink cage like yeah everything. it's not like atlantis like atlantis there was a reason it's like well we don't have that many guards here like we we don't we just don't have the manpower and yeah 
snap, okay, we got that. Man, you buried it underground and you let some crazy German scientist find it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, imp- I like tragedy knowing that it, it leads up to a, a hero's victory. Like, I'm not always into a story ending that's just like, it ends in tragedy just, just because, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, of movies that just end totally. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. What? Romeo and Juliet, yeah, but I'm thinking of, like, you know, films like uh, In Bruges or something like that, where it just, like, it ends, like, on a very tragic note. But in the context here, and with, like, Empire Strikes Back, and with Dawn of Justice, the death of Superman, these things where it's like you see these heroes fail, knowing that eventually justice does happen and that we do get there, you know, with the Justice League. I do like that. I love it. Uh, and Hell, I'll even throw in that first Avengers uh, Infinity War. I enjoy watching Infinity War because it's such a big lead-up to such an anticlimactic fail where it's like, I still just needed to see all those mofos get their ass beat. Like, just needed <laughs> to get them to shut up for a minute. Like, that's I, great. And I loved yeah. the buildup. I enjoy sitting for two and a half hours watching that movie, knowing full well that people get turned into dust. And it's like, oh. And, and my, my response to that is supposed to be, oh. And I feel that. I've, I'm the prime uh, audience member for, for tragedy. <laughs> tragedy yeah absolutely i i do i really do like infinity war i also really like winter soldier a lot it's, i think it's my favorite mcu movie is the winter soldier and the winter soldier also ends very tragically because there's no resolution between captain uh, steve rogers and and bucky you know like they don't yeah. he doesn't he they doesn't hug say, and make up they don't yeah. walk off to the sunset you gotta no. wait another movie i mean it's it's I get the best out of it, which is just that Bucky saves Steve out of out of the wreckage. He pulls him ashore. He saved his life. Like, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, I really do like the ending of Winter Soldier and how it leads into Civil War is also great. How Civil War ends is is fantastic. I do love that movie as well. Um, and Infinity War. So yeah, those those three movies are are some of the best MCU movies that they have. And it's not just because it ends in tragedy, but just the way that the story is being told, like from start to finish, it's such a great time to just watch it. Like so entertaining. And yeah, yeah. we didn't call out Dawn of Justice. That's like the big. I already nose. did. Oh, did you say that? Yeah. It so did you. Tragedy? Okay. I don't remember saying, it. I mean like, yes, we I mean, we've talked about time, it so many times. So like, yeah. if, you had, if you haven't gotten it by now, yeah. Dawn of Justice was, we, we don't even have to say it because it, it is what it is. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely is one of those things. Um, I think it probably would have helped Man of Steel if it ended more so on that tone instead of just being like, oh, well, he snapped Zod's neck and then it kind of had like, oh, I just think he's hot and welcome to welcome yeah. to the planet, you know, stuff like that. It tries to end on like a hopeful, like, feel good ending and then dawn of justice is like oh wait 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 everyone didn't like what happened so we need to be like Kill superman him. bad why would you do that that's so like we have to roll it into our narrative and it's like yeah you are right but maybe man of steel should have ended that way because 
I think that's a great perspective to have, especially for the tone of the movies that you're trying to make and keep it in, grounded in some sense of realism. Yeah, I think it would have been great. I think it would have been great having Swanwick show up at the end of Man of Steel and being like, hey, listen, man, thank you, but uh, now we've got to have a conversation about what just happened in Metropolis because a lot of people died and you also killed an alien. We got to make sure you're not going to kill anyone else because you've been shown to have that power. We have to do a lot of reaching and we can see that it does hurt Superman on so many levels. So most of us who already love Man of Steel, we can sympathize with that. But I think it would also probably would have helped Man of Steel if it kind of ended on a lead up into Dawn of Justice with like, I don't know, something like Bruce Wayne being like, that's a, like, that crosses the line. We got to do something about that. Um, which is how they wanted to tease Man of Steel 2. They wanted it to end on that kind of cliffhanger where Bruce Wayne sh- like shows up in his back cave and being like, I have to do something about this. Um, I guess we can't just let this alien do whatever on, on planet Earth. But uh, yeah, let's get back to the minute here. This is where we see um, the death of Yuboa. Love you. Gonna miss you. And then the Legion shows up. Menelope wearing this magnificent suit of armor. I love this thing so much. I don't know if it's the exact same. Uh, I I don't think it is. I don't think it's the exact same armor that she had in Wonder Woman. But there's something very Robin-esque. And I, I love Robin a lot yeah, as a character. Red. And it's so red, but it's also the bird. It's also the eagle uh, crest on her outfit. Yes. It seems like very Schumacher uh, Robin. Exactly. It feels very Schumacher, Greco-Roman, like armor. And it's the coloring. It's it's just the molding of the suit. There's something about it. I really do like just the color design, not just the design of the outfit, but which colors are used and how they're used and the different golds and reds and, and very... The bird's tail, how it goes all the way down uh, the stomach yeah, is very cool. Um, it's a great... The shoulder pieces, that's a big deal. We're not even talking about the shoulder pieces. Yeah. Those things go all over her shoulder. And she's wearing a cape. It's so... It's, it, like, it's such a complete... Like an armored cape. Yeah, it's such a complete... Uh, suit of uh, it's just uh, just battle armor yeah it it is a really nice design uh these people they just have a magnificent armor design like the costuming in this movie is so good like that's that's what i would i would you know if i could cosplay as an amazon if i was if i felt that way like that it's just menelope it would it's Menelipe? just so cool. Menelope. Yeah, Menelope. <laughs> we we had this conversation before too about like it's pronouncing the name. Ago. Yeah, such a long time ago. <laughs> Menelope. Menelipe. Although if you were trying to be like, oh, I would love to name my my child Menelipe, people would be like, So is your name Menelope? It's like, no, it's Menelipe. Yeah. <laughs> no one would ever um, pronounce that. Speaking of uh, her armor as opposed to Hippolyta's, which we do see good close-ups of both uh, chess pieces here, I don't know if we've pointed out the fact that Hippolyta is has that separated uh, collar piece mm-hmm. where, like the uh, you know the collar protecting the the collarbones and it's like etched out for the eagle head. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think it just it looks great. Um, I think her armor in general is just always badass looking, especially that she has like the fur cloak. Um, you know, every Amazon has their own van braces or bracelets, and they match the armor set. They don't all look the same, but they are made to look great with like their entire costume and the the look of queen hippolyta is not just you know what armor we put on her what chest piece we put on her it's everything from the hair to the cape to the gauntlets to what your sword hilt looks like yeah you know are we gonna put ram horns on it are we gonna put lions on it is yours gonna have like a dragon mouth on the end of your hilt like every single amazon is look is 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 uh how do you say it? it's created for them it's like commissioned for them uh it's personalized yeah it's personalized i feel like there's another word for it that i'm forgetting but it's they create it for that specific person tailored for that person design wise and just the way menelipe looks like the way uh, queen hippolyta looks and then even the way that antiope looked in wonder woman where she was more of a hunter so Antiope had more ancient armor because everything that she wore was something that she had killed. So Antiope had always looked more savage than the other ones because she was more of a warlord than the rest of them. Uh, because she, she, maybe this is something that Queen Apollo learned, but Queen Apollo used to be more pacifistic, and. And Teope was like, you know, there's danger out there. It's it's it doesn't sleep. It waits. And so maybe that's something that Queen Apollo learned here when the mother box was awaking, and she said something like that, like evil does not sleep. It waits. It's because you've learned that from Antiope because when you got soft, and then the Germans showed up, Antiope died, and then you realize that she was right to send Diana out to kill Ares. Um, and I, yeah, it's they all look so good. They like the tailoring for each one of their costumes is fantastic. I think Michael Wilkinson has done a great job with the costuming. Um, and I don't agree with any criticisms that saying like how they look is over sexualized or anything like that. I think these women, these Amazons, these Themyscarians, these comic book characters are made badass first and foremost like i do think everything about them design wise is just completely badass and so like my love for menelipe's outfit is just like i think that shit is badass and i would want to wear that shit like as a dude i don't care like if someone was like hey you want to try this on I'd be like hell fucking yeah i used to work in a restaurant where i had to wear a kilt i don't feel anything different about it like to me i think like unisexually about it i'm just like that looks like a cool suit of armor. Could give a fuck about it being a skirt, you know? I mean, a Grecian soldiers wore, and Roman soldiers wore very similar uh, attire, so. And also, like, going back and, to. Hey, they did the Olympics naked when they first happened, all right? Yeah. Clothes were a, clothes were a construct. They were weighing people down. Also, because of Queen Hippolyta's, like, uh, uh, clavicle neck brace thing on her armor. Put more neck braces on armor pieces. I think that looks fantastic. Protect your neck, you know? Oh, yeah, um, I know. But also, uh, going back to Schumacher costuming, uh, I would wear those Batman or Robin costumes any day because that, too, 
just looks badass, especially the Robin outfits. I've, to this day, I'm like, they look great. There's something about Batman Forever that I really do enjoy, and I think the costuming, the design, all of it, it just, it looks yeah, really they're, good. They're like, they look like they're cut out of marble, a Grecian gods. I mean, and yes, I, I do like... Greco-Roman. I do like Batman Returns a lot more. I love the Tim Burton films too, but I think the costume... The costumes got better over time. Like, the Batman costume has certainly improved with with time and age and technology. Of course, I think Catwoman's costume from Batman Returns—that's something else. That is top dollar. Yeah, um, I I think I like the I think I like Batman eighty nine's costume more than I like Batman Returns costume. I'll have to check again, but I do remember being like, yes, I like Batman Returns more, but I like. The costume that he had in Batman 89 more and then I think well until Dawn of Justice came out I thought that the Batman costume peaked at Batman Begins because the costume that he has in Batman Begins is probably my favorite I think it looks so good um it's the connecting cow it really is the connecting cow yeah it's a connecting it's, I mean, cow. I get it's, what you mean. I get it. I get the whole got to turn your neck and stuff like that. And I see it sometimes in Affleck's Batman, but uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I think I don't that care. you got to put up the costume on. You got to turn the camera in a different way. You you're wearing a suit of armor. Weird. Like, yeah, you're wearing a suit of armor. It has to be. It has to be awkward. I think it's. I yeah. think. I think. Accepting that it's an awkward thing to wear in the actual story, like. Yeah, Batman is struggling because it is an awkward thing, but it is keeping him alive. I think that is the best way to go other than, oh, the actor is just having trouble turning his neck and it, it just uh, we can't get the shots that we want. It's like, play along with it. Be like, yeah, this sucks. This is just how you got to do things. But uh, the Amazon's got to figure it out and said, hey, we actually don't need that much armor on us because uh, we're complete badasses. And we can move. We can dodge. Yeah. So this is where we get a little bit of exposition here. Uh, Manalupa thinks that Steppenwolf has just taken the mother box and, and left, but uh, Queen Apollo says that no, he will remain here on Earth to look for the other two boxes, and that we must light the ancient warning fire, which not which has not burned for thousands of years. It just uh, says five thousand. Yeah, specifically five thousand. Okay, but um, yeah. Uh, what do you uh, What do you think about that name? The ancient warning fire. The ancient warning fire. Yeah. Like the ancient warning fire. Yeah. That's just like generic, right? Yeah, it is. It is extremely generic. I mean, why didn't, I mean, I don't know. Well, I was going to say like, what if it's like a, what's the word for it? Bastion? Big fire on a pedestal? Uh, yeah. Is that what those are called? Something like that. I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, there is a specific name for it. A beacon. Yeah, but that, yeah. Well, well, yeah, beacon would have been. It like is the ancient warning beacon. The way no, I see then that it, that kind of implies technology. Like, yeah, I just kind of see it as like, listen, I understand that we have to create a universe here, but we can't say, oh, we must light the hero beacon or something like that, and like start off with something okay. confusing. Yeah, I get that. So if if you replaced that, the ancient warning fire with we must light the hero beacon. It would arise more question. Those questions would get answered in a few minutes, but also like, but also not I, immediately, not immediately. And 
I think if you if you really think about it, an ancient warning fire is probably the best term and probably the most realistic term you're going to get from this uh, warrior class race, you know? Yeah, it, it really was one of those like exposition moments where you think, okay, that was kind of lame. The ancient warning fire, like how much more obvious could it be? Um, but there are times in storytelling where you you have to be. We cannot just keep calling it whatever we want. I mean, we have things like Mother Box and Boom Tube and Apocalypse. We have so many other things that we have to define. This is not something I'm going to lose sleep over. Like, why didn't they name it anything cooler? Because I don't have time to 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 learn why they call it that. It, it works out a lot better here when they call it Ancient Warning Fire. We understand immediately what that means. It's a warning. It's going to be a fire of some sort. And it's going to let you know, the rest of man know what's going on. I've seen Lord of the Rings, so I know what that kind of looks like. So just context clues, it just helps us get through that part real quick. And then when we get to the actual scene and they say Sky Torch, Hero Beacon, then it hits us with like, oh yeah, there is lore to this. We're not just, you know, it's not just loosely thought out. It's actually more thought out than it should be. But, you know, if you stick around, you're going to find that out. For now, we're just going to call it Ancient Warning Fire. I think it's, I think it's perfect that they do this. I think yeah. if they didn't, it would be awful. Too so, specific. Too specific, too self-indulgent. Um, I think it, it is exactly what it needed to be. So, um, But yeah, I think we all were like, Ancient Warning Fire? That seems so simple. And it's like, yes, thankfully. Yeah, but then you just wait a few minutes and you get to that hero beacon part and you're like, okay, you, you got me. Yeah. I really want this sword that Queen Apolita has. Like, I would just, it's like one of those, I don't know, remember Noble you know, Collection? I w- yeah, I wanted, I wanted Lord of the Ring, uh, Aragorn's sword. I had a, uh, what did I have? At one point in my life, I had a, I had the pleasure of having a stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had a replica of uh, the Aragorn sword, you know, that's like attached to like a little plaque that you could get at a Megacon or mm-hmm. whatever. And I was extremely jealous of that all throughout my life as a kid. Um, and I wanted that damn sword. So I feel your, uh, your burning desire to get, this, to get this Ram Hippolyta sword. Yeah, there's only been one other sword that I've wanted, and that was the Sword of Gryffindor. But as time goes on, I realized that thank- thankfully I didn't get that. If I could get an Amazon sword, like Wonder Woman or something like that, I would be, like, I would be about that. Maybe not the God Killer one from Wonder Woman, but like maybe one of the actual ones she carries now, like in Zack Snyder's Justice League or Dawn of Justice, I would I would be like, yeah. Let me get a Wonder Woman sword, please. Let me I get that Electro from axe from Steppenwolf. Oh, snap. See, like, you can get that. I just want a damn mother box, you know? Oh, just yeah. A, just a hunk of plastic with a light in it. Come on. <laughs> with an LED light built in it so yeah. I can pulsate and I can just change the settings on it, make it purple. Yeah. Make it ping. Yeah, make it do a little ping noise. Maybe a alarm clock. <laughs> that would suck. That would scare me if I woke up and my mother box was just pinging and be like, Invasion. Yeah, what's going on here? Um, it would be really cool to get the two Artemis arrows for when they do the hero beacon. like, And it has like that chest with like the bow and the two big iron arrows. Like if you... 
to wall mount that would be amazing. That would be so cool to have those two arrows. Um, but uh, let's see here. I think that's it for me, at least. Nate, do you have any uh, more notes? Until, um, this is the end of part That's part the end one. of part one, baby. Yeah. Hey, how are you feeling about part one? Fantastic. I think yeah. this one, it, this part right here, so it's part part one with Aquaman and Batman. That one was more so like understanding what was going on with Iceland, like the different lore that was really cool. Um, comparing like to see what was different, why it was different from the other version, why did they change things? Um, going into that was interesting. The second part with Wonder Woman at the Old Bailey, that was something else. Like going into the lore, the mythology of all the deities in the Old Bailey uh, and the Central Criminal Courthouse, going into the minds of the terrorist groups and Wonder Woman, that that was all just, I think that in general, that was just my favorite part out of all of it. And then this one was just, just a really good time to be like, yeah, this all works. Like this entire Wonder Woman, Amazon, Themyscira, action piece, and this new Steppenwolf, it's just like, this hits so hard. And I understand why they cut it out of the other movie because it just had nothing to do with the Justice League. And that's what sucks is that we're in this position now where the movies have become the marketing for the theme parks and the merchandise. Like we're, it's sad, but now, now movies are the trailers for everything else. Whereas the marketing and merchandising used to be you know, something that you would reap after enjoying a really good movie. And it just doesn't feel like that way anymore. Everything that I watched lately that is supposed to be a big budget, uh, like intellectual property, uh, you know, your Mortal Kombat, your Godzilla, your DC, your Marvel, your Star Wars, everything feels like now that when I watch it, it doesn't feel like I'm getting an artist's story. It's more so like, hey, we need to have a theme park ride type movie to market the theme park ride coming out and make sure you buy the t-shirt with the superheroes on it. And that's why I'm so bitter about it sometimes where I'm like, I just want to be lost in a really cool universe. I don't want to be sold anything. Um, and I just, I enjoy this movie for that reason. Like, to me, this is a cool world to live in. And, um, you, 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 what you just said here reminds me of something, and I kind of want to ask you this, and it's probably like an off-mic conversation, but it really doesn't matter. You just recently saw Jurassic Park uh, in a theater, big yeah. screen. Was was it more, were you, huh, did you digest anything more so because you were watching it as an adult and on the big screen? Um, my main question comes from what you just explained sounds a lot like when Ian Malcolm uh, they're at dinner and Ian Malcolm is explaining um, to John Hammond the whole like you know you're playing with God like you you, you did something and then you want to you know sell tickets you want to slap it on a lunchbox and do this and this and this like that whole thing is still so relevant mm -hmm. uh, did it hit bigger in a movie theater <laughs> Um, well, no, cause I've seen that movie so many times, uh, at that, like yeah. that scene, like I understand it completely. Like I, I get it. Um, and I get it more so 
just like knowing so much about Jurassic Park in general. But uh, seeing it in a theater, um, I just, it, it was a, a new experience because I haven't seen Jurassic Park since seeing it in theaters back in, in 1993. Um, so that was just like completely nostalgic. I got to tell you something. My mom didn't take me to go see. Oh, wait, no, I did go to see Jurassic Park in the theaters, but I was too young and she thought my brother was too young to be seeing that movie. I think he was like four and he loved it. She was like, I, I looked over at his face and he was like in awe. And I was like, well, can't take him out of this damn movie. And it was terrifying. <laughs> it's fantastic. No, it was the first it's amazing. Mo- yeah, it was the first movie I saw in theaters. Um, it had to have been my first movie. I was two years old. Yeah. Who's taking a two year old to a movie theater? Yeah, who's mom. doing that? Why were, you, why were you doing that to us? Thank you, though. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I the way I, it's really just how I look at the 2017 Justice League movie. And I go, yeah, I understand exactly why it looks this way. And everything is just marketing now. Like, th- this whole Amazon part, we can't sell merchandise off this. So uh, this has to go. I disagree. There's a, there's, you disagree, dis- yes, but they disagree yeah. because they're not trying to sell this stuff. They're trying to sell you a Superman backpack. And they cannot yeah. sell you a Wonder Woman backpack either because this isn't Wonder Woman. Where's There's the Wonder like an Woman? Amazon at? like card deck building game or or strategy game where it's like a Themyscarin fight thing. I, I was took at, a picture of it. I saw it at Target, and I was gonna send it to you. I can't. I was at Barnes and Nobles yesterday, and there was a Wonder Woman cookbook. And I was, what is she cooking? So get this, and I told the person next to me, I was like, I love cookbooks. I'm such a sucker for cookbooks. This cookbook, this Wonder Woman cookbook, is just like greek dishes like there was just like it's <laughs> just <laughs> honestly that's funny. everything was just like greek food but the fact that wonder woman was plastered all over it and given names of of amazon this and wonder woman's you know spinach puffs this or whatever like the fa- it i was like Take my money. I would want this. <laughs> I would never cook Greek food, but the fact that this has Wonder Woman on it, now I want to cook these foods. You know what I mean? I it's, get what you mean. I bought that Bob's Burgers cookbook, but those burgers you actually, actually bought looked, that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I, I think I gave it to someone who is more into it than I was. <laughs> I did well. I have. I yeah. I have that that cookbook. Um, yeah. But anyway, I get it. I understand yeah. completely. It's it was a normal cookbook, but because they put Wonder Woman all over it, now it's a Wonder Woman cookbook. And I was like, and that just makes me want to buy it. And I and I and buy it knowing that I'm playing into that marketing. Um, but you yeah, ever given, you ever got a Star Wars cookbook? My brother has the Galactic Outposts cookbook, so it has That's like the one from the park though. From the park, yeah. So okay. it has like the Felucian salad and stuff like. But that. But no one gave you one where it's just the here's your uh, Wookie cookie. Your, uh, your, your R two D two crabs or something. I saw another one there that was a Fallout cookbook, and that one was like, I looked into it and I was like, oh, so you can just make craft mac and cheese, but you have to make it from scratch now. Like, <laughs> like, it, like it's sober. Just making you go shopping. Like, like it's a so backwards. Person. Like it's like I could just go buy craft mac and cheese and a can of non-perishable food and make my own. Uh, nuclear bunker food if I wanted to yeah but uh, no I have to do it from scratch now that's that's pretty funny I yeah. thought you were gonna say a fallout boy cookbook and I was gonna oh, be like, yeah okay let's Check think out about the that fallout boy cookbook yeah so what do you got you got Pete Pete Wentz sugar uh, wiener schnitzel 
keep going. Uh, you you'll have to work on this. Um, on your own time. <laughs> snap. Who's the guy that we he put his he put his penis all over the internet? Whatever that guy's name Pete is. Wins. Do do a cookbook about that guy, huh? No, Where's his cookbook? We're good. Let's not do that. Um, anything else before we wrap up here for part one? I think we're good it's to Pete, go. Pete Wentz was the guy with the with the thing on the internet. Yeah. Uh, who's the other guy? Uh, I have no I idea. Know. I don't I know. Can't think of his name. I Patrick know. Stump. Okay, Patrick Stump's uh, salmon. I don't know. I was trying to do alliteration. Nate, you need to do a much better job at cookbooks. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 38 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.